Well, I have a new Lenten resolution. Someone before Mass just told me I have not been looking out at the crowd in an equal measure. <laughs> that I've been favoring various spots. I am going to try my best this Lent to look at everybody equally, not to play favorites. You know, you hate those priests that always have play favorites all the time. In all seriousness, my brothers and sisters, it's a very great honor for me to enter in this holy season of Lent with all of you. And uh, we're confronted right off the bat with the idea of temptation and how Jesus overcame the temptation of the devil in the wilderness. Now, it's part of our Catholic faith that everything that Jesus did in the days of his earthly ministry, he did. it's not just a historical thing. You know, he did that 2,000 years ago, maybe as an example for us. That's part of it. But there's something deeper going on, and that is this. Jesus' mystical body, that is the church, that is us, here and now, continue on this earth to do what he did when he was on the earth. Okay, So he, from heaven, he is living out all the different mysteries of his earthly ministry through us, all throughout the course of the age of the church. And Lent is a, is a real mystical participation in Jesus' battle against the devil in the desert during those 40 days. Okay? So because Jesus is in us, we can put ourselves in a real manner in the gospel scene today, in this temptation scene. We can imagine with the confidence that there's some mystical truth and reality to it, that we're really there with Jesus. And that through him, we, yes, are tempted by the devil, but overcome the temptations of the devil. You see? We don't have to repeat the mistake of our first father, Adam, who was tempted and failed. Okay, we've got a new Adam who's come and he's, he's done like a big reboot for the entire human race. Start over again. Start fresh with the second Adam. And in that second Adam, we are victorious over temptation. So when the devil comes our way with his temptations, we don't have to lay down and let ourselves be walked all over. That's, that's the beautiful truth of today's um, gospel teaching. And, and the devil, as well, is getting the spotlight put on him today. He shows up all throughout our readings, okay? And, you know, I, I have this image in my mind, you know, do you ever see these movies or TV shows where the, uh, the robber or the crook, it's in the nighttime and the cops are chasing him and he's like, he's in the darkness, but then suddenly the spotlight from the police car or the helicopter gets put right on him and he's suddenly, oh, he's in the spotlight. Okay, he's been revealed, he's been uncovered. And that's what's going on in our scriptures today, okay? The spotlight is being put on the devil so that the darkness that he creeps around in is taken away and he's defeated. He is cunning. It says in our first reading from Genesis that the serpent, who is a symbol of the devil, is the most cunning of all the animals. Okay, so the devil is cunning. He is clever. He's tricky. There's no doubt about that. This is so because he, we must understand, and as we know, he's a fallen angel. Now, angels are pure intelligences. They don't have bodies. 
They don't have to process the world and their knowledge through their senses, okay? They have an intelligence that is so great that it makes our intelligences look like, you know, like we're animals or something, okay? They're that much more intelligent than us. But then, of course, that, that great exalted intelligence of the devil has been corrupted because of his sin, because of his decision in his pride to disobey God and to refuse to serve him. Okay? So we got this kind of an evil genius on our backs. And we've got to be aware of it. And we can expect, just as Jesus was tempted in a special way throughout the 40 days of his desert struggle, we can expect this Lent to have an increase, a temptation. Watch for it. Okay? Watch for it. So the church by putting these readings before us in the lectionary, is telling us, watch out. Okay? The trickster is close at hand. You know, there's a big difference, though, between the devil and his cleverness and his cunning and the infinite wisdom of God. There's a categorical difference. You can't even compare them. The devil plays with us tries to get us to fall into sin by observing us from the outside. You see, he's like a master psychologist. So he looks, and he's been observing human behavior for a long time now, so he knows how we tick, okay? But you see, he's a gambler. He's only got statistics and probability to work with. He says, I think if I do this, this is what's going to happen. Let me try it out and see if it works, okay? That's not how God operates, you know? The science of psychology is the science of the soul. Okay, so if you look at the word psychology, it's suke logos. It's these two Greek words. One Greek word means soul, and the other one means the study of the soul. Okay, and so the devil is a master psychologist in that he studies the human soul through human behavior. But, as we see in our first reading from Genesis, who made the soul of man? God created the human soul. He knows us from the inside out. And he knows just what we can handle. He does not allow us to be tempted beyond our ability to withstand the temptation. You see, God is so intelligent and so smart and so wise that in the purview of his great plan for the human race and for us as individuals, He's able to actually take the evil intentions of the devil and actually weave them into his good plan. He's able to bring good out of the evil of the devil's intentions. And he never allows the devil to tempt us unless he foresees the potential of a greater good. You see, the Lord wants our salvation to be not just a gift, but also a reward. The fruits of a struggle, something that we merit, something that is, comes about as a result of our efforts and our own combat. It's a really great privilege to actually, through Christ, participate in his combat with the devil and in his victory over the devil. What a great honor that is. You see, we're not just passive observers watching Jesus battle the devil. Okay, you take care of him. I'm going to be over here sipping my martini. All right? 
The Lord invites us into the arena with Him. And through Him, we are tested and we are victorious. Why does the devil hate us so much? Why does he want our destruction? He's envious of us. He was called to be like God, but he decided to aspire to his vocation according to his own ways, not according to God's ways. He decided to aspire to that great vocation to be like God by virtue of his own natural resources and not relying upon the grace of God. And after he and many other angels fell, God created the human race. And like the devil, we too have a great vocation to be like God, to be the image of God, to be conformed more and more to the image of God. And uh, so we're replacements for the fallen angels, and they hate that. They're envious of us. Okay? And to add insult to injury, the reason why they hate us all the more is because we have bodies. We're material beings, and they're pure spirits. Okay? They regard us as like worms or animals. They don't have, they, they, they despise us for that reason. Okay? But you see how God is wise? Not only did God defeat the devil, but he added insult and humiliation to the defeat by doing it through the body. It was God himself who took upon himself human flesh and a human body. And it was through that human body that he was crucified and made atonement for us and thereby overcame the devil through the precious blood poured out on Calvary. How awesome that is. And the devil is completely overthrown through the precious body and blood of Jesus Christ and through the power of the cross. Again, the devil didn't know what he was doing. Okay, when he was tempting Jesus in the desert, he thought maybe he could actually overcome him. He didn't know that Jesus was God Almighty in the flesh. He thought he was a merely human Messiah and that he could get him to fall. Okay? And when he brought him to the cross, when he inspired all the human governors and leaders and so forth and so on to bring Jesus to the cross, he thought he had defeated him. Okay? So, you see, as, wise, as smart as he is, he's not infinitely intelligent like God is. And so the irony of ironies is that he was overthrown through, you know, he created a, a trap and he fell in it himself. Also, he fears the Blessed Virgin Mary. Because, you know, it's bad enough if you get defeated by God. But what happens when a, a 98 pounds, you know, 14-year-old girl shows up and kicks your butt? Right? Isn't that really humiliating? Okay? And that's what Mary did. Through her faith and cooperation with God's will, she was the vessel through which God took upon himself a human body so that he could atone for our sins and die and overcome the devil. So my brothers and sisters, this Lenten season, let's be wise as to the cunning of the devil, but let's also have confidence in God that through Jesus Christ we are victorious. When we encounter temptation this Lent, let's not forget 
that it's already been overcome through Jesus, and that he's given us at our disposal all the spiritual weapons that we need. First and foremost, the incarnation of God himself, the precious body and blood of Jesus Christ, the power of which is is at our hands whenever we pray, whenever we say the name of Jesus. He's given us his own mother Mary, the mother of God, before whom the demons tremble. He's given us the sacraments. He's given us penance and prayer. My brothers and sisters, we've got everything we need to be victorious in Jesus. Let's remember that Jesus has already overcome the devil. And he is with us during this Lent and always.